Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. It is great to see you here at Bridgewater Church. We are so excited that we're together in God's house this morning. And this is week two of a two-part series called I Love My Church. Again, I reached out to some friends and I said, tell us why you love Bridgewater Church. Here's what they said. Steve said, I love my church because loving my church is more than a feeling to me. It's a commitment, a commitment to love God and love others. BWC is a church that displays a sense of warmth, grace, and Christ's love that is attractive and inspiring to me. I've always felt welcomed, loved, and challenged in my faith. Susie said, I love my church because of the people. And then Lori writes, I love my church because it is Christ-centered and a sanctuary from life's problems. Don, a very close missionary friend to this ministry, said, I love my church because the church is always welcoming. The pastor is awesome and the spirit is always abiding. I am blessed to be associated with Bridgewater Church. One couple in our ministry wrote, I love my church because it's a place where we feel we're involved, learn more about God, and serve others. Tracy writes, I love my church because this is the place where I developed a stronger relationship with Jesus. Through life groups, I make connections with people that I can do life with where we can support each other through life's up and downs. Little Emma wrote, I love my church because I love going to class and I like the projects that are in my class. Let's do a couple more. I love my church, Nicole said, because I have found lifelong friends and a family who have helped guide me through life's challenges and decisions for my future. The whole Schultz family wrote back that they love this church because it impacts their relationships and our community extends well beyond the walls of the church on a Sunday morning. Ken wrote, I love my church because of the opportunities provided to grow my spiritual self. I love the multiple opportunities to get together in small groups. I love the variety of serving opportunities where I can choose to be involved. And little Cameron writes, I love my church because I, I, she actually said what I love about my church is drawing pictures. Wow. Thank you to all of our friends. Thank you for everyone who's been sharing. Because when I read all of these insights, I get excited about Bridgewater Church. And one of the things that we have to understand is that the local church is important because last week we realized our church reminds us of the transforming power of Jesus Christ. But let's face it, this doesn't happen all at once. We're not just transformed in the blink of an eye. Yes, in a moment we find Christ as our Savior when we pray 
and ask Jesus to save us from our sins. But then it's a lifelong journey with God. And the thing that I've discovered is, so often it is my own selfishness that gets in the way of God's plan for our lives. Think about it. Last week we said our church reminds us. It reminds us of God's grace and God's love for us. But if we're not careful, we begin to think that the local church is here simply to meet our needs. And then when a local church isn't meeting those needs, we look for another church. But that's not at all what Paul writes. He says, our church not only reminds us of God's love, but our church also empowers us to give like God. That's what I want to talk about for a few minutes this morning. I want to talk about a passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul is writing a letter to the Corinthians because in all honesty, they're losing their desire to love like God. They're, they're beginning to wane in their commitment to give to others. And I will tell you this, when we stop giving like God, we begin to look inwardly. And it happens to everyone. It can happen to all of us. And so let's jump into this short passage of Scripture verses 1 through 7, and let's begin to absorb three essential insights because the local church should remind us, Bridgewater Church should remind us and empower us to move outside of ourselves to love like God and to give like God. Here's what Paul writes. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Here's our first insight. My church empowers me to bless as I have been blessed. I am enamored. I, I have been uh, had every time I read this passage of Scripture, I have to wrap my mind around the love that the Macedonian Christians had for God that resulted in incredible generosity. But here's how Paul writes about it. Paul is reaching out to the Corinthians and he is explaining how exciting it has been to work with the church in Macedonia. The local church in Macedonia gathered together as followers of Jesus, and they were selfless in their giving. Why? Because they had fallen in love with Jesus Christ as their Savior, and it, it resulted in an incredible desire to be generous. Now, Paul is not comparing the two churches. He simply knew 
that it was his responsibility as a pastor and a shepherd to encourage the Corinthians to give to others as God had given to them. Paul wasn't scolding the the Corinthians in any way. He wasn't trying to guilt them. Instead, he was saying, listen, the Macedonian church has been willing to bless other churches, other ministries, outside of their own because of how incredibly blessed they are themselves. And it all comes down to this word, grace. Because of God's incredible grace, they felt the desire to give in a way that was pleasing and exciting to God. They didn't let anything get in the way of giving according to the grace that God had given to them. Listen to what Randy Alcorn writes. He helps put this thought together. When God's grace touches you, you can't help but respond with generous giving. And as the Macedonians knew, giving is simply the overflow of joy. Now, wow, let's stop. How how excited are you about your walk with God? How excited am I and am to be a part of a ministry that believes in giving beyond ourselves, even what our own capabilities are? God wants to bless as never before, and the Macedonians are an example of what it is like for believers 2,000 years ago, but still today when we are touched by God's grace, it should result in joyful generous giving. Mm. My church empowers me to bless as I have been blessed. That leads to the next passage of Scripture. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 8, verses 3 through 4. 3 through 5. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. Here's the second insight Paul gives us. My church empowers me to surrender in order to serve. He continues writing about the Macedonians. And as he is sharing the excitement that he has in working with this local church, he says to the Corinthians, please understand what has happened to your brothers and sisters in in another part of the world. He said, they were in poverty, but their poverty did not stop the Macedonians from giving. In fact, Paul says that their extreme poverty resulted in rich generosity. Can we camp out for just a minute on the word rich? It means abundant fullness. 
Paul was telling the local church in Corinth that the incredible love that the Macedonians had for God and for one another spilled over into generous and joyful giving whenever there was a need. Even in their poverty, Jesus followers, these Jesus followers, were transformed into radically blessed givers. And this is the second truth we're talking about about our local church. My church empowers me to surrender in order to serve. That's, the, that, that's what we're about here at Bridgewater Church. We're about helping people move beyond their immediate desires and needs, thinking about what it is that we can receive from the ministry, and instead we want to, to be the kind of givers that get to give. We don't want to be a, a reservoir that holds the blessings of God. We want to be a river that sends our blessings on to others in need, in need in our own church, in need in our community, in need in the lives of others throughout the world. God wants us to give. And, and I, I was really trying to understand how all of this took place. And three essential steps emerged for me from this passage of Scripture. In fact, we've got them on the screen for you, all three of them. Let's, let's break them down. If I am going to surrender in order to serve, then I need to understand that first and foremost, the Macedonians model sacrificial surrender. Think about this. The Macedonians gave beyond their ability. How do you do that? How do you give beyond what you think you can give or what others expect of you? God opens the door for us to give even more. And that's because God entrusts resources to people that he knows will be faithful with those resources to be blessed, to be a blessing. That led to this insight, this next step, the Macedonians modeled selfless surrender. Now, now again, Paul keys in on the heart of God's local church. The Macedonians pleaded with Paul to give as much as they could. Now think, think about this. They were impoverished, but they're like, it doesn't matter that we're impoverished and we're in need. What can we do to give beyond ourselves? How do we bless others? Before giving is ever about money or our stuff, it has to begin with our attitudes. And that's why Paul says the third step was they, they modeled surprising surrender. Now, it surprised Paul. It surprised Paul and his companions. The attitude of generosity that was rooted in the grace of God was mind-blowing to Paul and, and the leaders helping the Macedonian local church to grow. And the reason it was so surprising, and you can tell this in Paul's writings, Paul said, they, they gave beyond their means because they gave themselves first. They had sacrificial surrender, selfless surrender, and then the surprise was that 
generosity was not a chore. It wasn't a, a multiple choice test. For the Macedonians, they loved to give. And guess what? It may have surprised Paul, but it didn't surprise God. Do you know that this morning? None of us are surprised at all by uh, our ability to give. We shouldn't be surprised by that. And God isn't surprised when we give like Him. We love like God and we give like God. I wanted to show you this picture from Family Fun Day this year. These pictures remind us, I am so grateful to be a part of a church online and in-house that comes together to give clothes. I am so blessed to see how God empowers us to unite. Just hundreds of pieces of clothing were given away for free in August. Free food, free clothes, free games, free fun. But you know what? To the, to the more than 1,200 people we ministered to, what blessed my heart was how our, our own Bridgewater family said, tell us what we can do. How can we give? Show us the way. In fact, as I was getting ready to, to preach this message, I walked by a bin in the lobby where food is overflowing to, because we have a responsibility to help children during the holidays who won't have food. And you know what I've loved? We've gotten calls from people online. We've gotten people asking and requesting from Facebook and, and our uh, social media posts. People in-house, people that have, are, are, are just excited online and in the house to say, can we give? That's what this is all about. My church empowers me to surrender in order to serve. And let's tackle these last couple of verses. My church empowers me to love like Jesus. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Let me read it again. Here's our third insight. My church empowers me to love like Jesus. We need to get honest about the Corinthians. Paul was concerned. He didn't want them to give like the Macedonians. He wanted them to give based on the blessings of God's grace to the Corinthian church. God isn't looking to compare us one church to another, one person to another. God is all about equal sacrifice. It's not about equal giving, whatever that might mean in someone's mind. It's about equal sacrifice, giving of ourselves. And the phrase that jumps off the page is this. Paul writes, in complete earnestness and in love. Earnestness means, in the Greek language, a diligent forward carefulness. And then Paul adds the word agape, love. 
Love that loves beyond measure. Love that loves in spite of difficulties. It's a word that Paul uses to describe God's unconditional love and grace for us. Anybody out there excited that God loves us, not based on how we love, but based on his love? Isn't that exciting? <laughs> we, we are called to love like Jesus, to be earnest, to be diligent, to be forward-thinking and careful to love like God. Now, Paul, was, Paul wasn't chastising the Corinthians. He was saying, in all these other areas, you excel. You excel in your faith. You excel in your knowledge. You even excel in loving one another and loving others. But Paul writes, now we need to move back into that place of generosity where we give of ourselves and we give of our resources so that God's kingdom can be expanded. But you know what the struggle is, and we touched on it in the very beginning. The struggle is our selfishness. I think about from time to time a story, a legend actually, about a man who was lost in the desert. And then out of nowhere, he, he saw a, a cabin, a little shed. It was not much of anything. But he couldn't believe that it was out in the middle of nowhere. And he had been walking for days. He had finally run out of water. And he stumbled into the shed, hopeful that he could find some protection from the sun and maybe even a drop of water. And to his amazement, there was a water pump. And he, he just couldn't believe his, his, his eyes. He, he was blown out, blown away. And he went over and he began to pump on that old pump. He heard squeaking. He, he rattled it. He had so little energy left and he was using every ounce of it to try to get a little bit of water. Nothing came from the pump. Then he saw a note laying on a small little table. The note said, you'll see that there is a jug of water. Take the water jug and prime the pump and you'll have all the water that you need. He popped the cap. He saw that the jug was full and he couldn't, he couldn't decide what do you do. Do you just keep all the water for yourself? Did he, did he drink it and then leave, leave the jug empty for the next stranger? And he thought to himself, can it even be real? This pump is so old. What if I waste this water and nothing happens? And he sat there. He sat there doing nothing. He sat there idle for the longest time. And then he thought, I'm going to take this jug. I'm going to pour the water over and into the pump and see if it works. And he did it. There were almost tears in his eyes, suffering with the decision. But he did it and he began to pump. And, and now the pump began to sound differently. And as he pumped, 
A couple of minutes later, a stream of fresh water began to flow into the cabin. He drank, he laughed, he was so incredibly joyful because he finally found refreshment as that cool drink of water flowed from the pump. And, and it was, he was delighted. It was amazing. So he filled up the jug, put the cap on it, leaving it for the next person. But he added this note to the note he had found. Believe me, it really works. You have to give it all away before you can get anything back. Jesus gave everything away in order for us to have life here and life everlasting. And this morning, I want to challenge you. This morning, I want to challenge you to put all of your faith and all of your trust in Jesus Christ. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, then stop right now in a moment when we pray and ask Jesus to fill your heart to overflowing. Ask him. Ask him to fill you beyond all measure. Ask him to be your Savior. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, this is my challenge to you. Give generously. Look around. How is God challenging you to give to his ministry? In-house, as part of Bridgewater Church, how is God asking you to give? And outside to the community, how is God asking you to give? What can you do this week to say, I am going to give generously in a way that blesses, empowers, and, and, and gives grace the, the opportunity to flow in greater ways than we could imagine or dream. Let me pray for us. Father God, I am so thankful for you. I am thankful for the example that seems as fresh today as it was 2,000 years ago of a local church in Macedonia who chose to give beyond their ability because they gave themselves first. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for giving us the ability to give of ourselves. Because you're an incredible God doing amazing things. Thank you for grace. But God, challenge us, please challenge us not to be selfish. Challenge us to give to our family, our friends, and especially to our church and to the ministry of your kingdom. God, may our world begin to change and shift because we are going to give like never before. We love you and we praise you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I love you. If you prayed that prayer to accept Jesus, if you asked Jesus into your heart as I was praying, will you let Pastor Liz know? Just tell us your name. If you think of creative ways to be generous and to give, 
Will you tell that to Pastor Liz and share that with our online family? And let's give like never before. Just remember, I love you and God is ready to bless. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.